Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. We are broadcasting from the live core area of Singapore Press Holdings. We're live from SPH. So if you're in the Topayo area, 1000 Topayo North, why not come on by? And then you can see us in action. You have till 12. You have till about 11 to hear from my esteemed guests. We are talking about private property prices in Singapore and asking, will residential property prices continue to moderate? So residential private property prices. Which areas in Singapore have private property buyers bought into which districts are increasingly popular is it still district 15 district 19 district 21 uh, which regions have seen more attention from the hdb resale buyer and which new private launches have made a splash and then we'll end it off with the key question i know is on many of your minds will there be fewer million dollar hdb flats sold in 2024 we're talking about the urban redevelopment authority and Housing Development Board's Q4 2023 flash estimates, digesting the figures with our guest, Dr. Lee Nigia. He's Head of Real Estate Intelligence, Data and Software Solutions, Property Guru Group. Welcome. It's great to see you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Michelle. It's really great to be here. Lovely to see you again. So yeah. when we hear that private property prices went up in the last quarter of 2023, rising 2.7%, um, but overall, have prices for private properties slowed for 2023? What, what do you see? So I think the property market today is very interesting because you see that price still continue to increase despite the cooling measures, despite the uncertain market, despite the interest rates. But the interesting part is that while prices kind of show a very optimistic outlook, we also compare on in terms of the sales transaction volume, mm. which has come down and the rate of increase is lower. So usually when we think about that is the market is coming to an equilibrium or in other words, is actually peaking. So that is something very interesting that we are looking at and what do we mean when we say the market is peaking and do we mean that only for the private residential space or the HDB space as well are we saying that prices are, are still on the rise or they've sort of hit a level and will stay there for a while yes we are likely to see them stay there for a while mm. and then one of the key reasons here is actually the demand yeah we see slower demand and that slower demand is really because people find that the prices are much higher so a lot of people have kind of slowed down in terms of their search for properties those who are thinking about investing in residential properties they kind of also you know slow down their process rethink whether this is the best thing they want to invest their money in or should they invest in stocks or something else. So what we are seeing now is that the market is kind of kind, kind of going into a plateau. Mm. So would you say then that 2024, if the market is plateauing, is this a buyer's market or a seller's market? Now, this is the interesting part. This is what we are seeing is that there's a lot of tension between buyers and sellers now. Now, sellers obviously... You know, they are not being impacted by the uncertain economic conditions. The economy continues to expand. There's no urgency for them to sell at 
discounts. So rather than that, in fact, because of inflation, interest rates, they're actually trying to put up at very high asking prices. So if you look in our listings today, yeah. the asking prices are going higher. A property guru. Yeah. You can see it. Yeah. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the number Waiting of time. people looking for homes is also coming down. Uh-oh. So there's a mismatch in terms of their price expectations. So at a certain point in time, some, someone has to give in. Now it's a battle of who blink first. <laughs> uh, now, the thing is, this coming year, this year, yeah. is going to be very interesting. There are many elections. Yeah. I think it's one of the years that you will see the most elections in most uh, globally. So the global economic, social, the geopolitical situation will be one thing that is going to be one of the origins of a lot of shocks. We may see more conflicts mm-hmm. and that may have an impact on oil prices. That may have an impact on a lot of things that will have spillover effects. On the property market. On the property But broadly, market. you're expecting property, mark, uh, property prices to uh, stay where they are for a while, for 2024, right? Um, which areas, when we look at the URA and HDB transaction prices for 2023, which areas have seen the greatest growth in terms of increase of prices? Now, this is very interesting. So when we were looking at the resale prices and the new sale prices, now the URA price index combines both of them. So usually we see the highest price growth areas are places that have new launches. Now, what we did further, we dive in deeper, is that we split both of them. We look at resale market first. Yes, makes sense. And then that is why we find that, you know, places like in Bukit Timah, you know, not the 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 high end Bukitima, but more of the uh, nearer to Beauty World that area. You know, they are like fringe of rest of central region, but you know, more like uh, outside central region. So those kind of boundaries, but those are the, the areas that we see a lot of price growth. Mm. If you think about it, in the past, maybe just before COVID, the condos there, you know, like two zero one nine. Are, are transacting maybe at 1,008, 1,006. Now they are going at 2,000 wow. to 2,004. But this is the new norm. So we are seeing the biggest price increase actually in areas that have been very quiet for a while. Interesting. Like Lantor, we also see the... Now Lantor is a very... Um, in the past, if we go back to 2019, it's a kind of very uh, back back-end area, very quaint area, not the kind of area that price increase. Then we see a few developers go in and they are hitting um, record or historic prices. And one of the key reasons is if you look at the demographics of the place, that actually explains a lot. A lot of old money are there. Oh. So, and so that's why we see the price increase actually very high in the outside central region. That means all the suburban districts. But when we look in the more inwards, the usual prime areas like District 9, District 10. Is this considered core central region? Yes, yeah. we call it core central region. How, how are they doing in terms of price increases? The price increase is slower. Slower. 
And the reason is that the prices are actually very high already. To start with. Yeah, so there is very little room for it to increase further. Makes a lot of sense. So would you say core central area then, in terms of property, that's where you're seeing slowest growth, the core central region? Yes. And the outside core area, like the end of Bukatima, Lento, any other areas come to mind? Um, Those are the areas where you're seeing the greatest growth in terms of increase in prices. Right. Just sort of on the fringe of the core. Yes, just the fringe of the the central region. Mm. So it's not really the rest of the central region. The rest of central region, actually, what happens is um, there are not many new launches. So the activity are very slow. A lot of buyers or a lot of owners are like, oh, no, I'm not going to sell. And then if you want to buy, you buy at these high prices. Okay. So okay. that kind of tension is very real. In those so uh, when you mention launches, which launches have done the best in 2023? Now, when we use the caveats as a gauge, um, we saw that the one that did the best was the reserve residences. Where is that? That is actually besides Beauty World. It's ah, an okay. integrated development. Oh, nice. Now, mm. There are various reasons why that development do well. First, it's an integrated development. Location-wise, you can't really more or less there. Straight down Bukatima, you're in town. Yeah. yeah, and then you have all the good schools. Nothing, you know, if you pick that property, nothing can go wrong in a way. Um, but the more interesting thing, again, is if you look at around that area, most of the private condo projects. Lots of old ones. Yeah, and those buyers, when they buy in, is actually at a very not so high price. So these buyers actually make a lot of returns, capital gains. And so what we are seeing is also that resale market there is also very active. So most of these buyers are selling and then use that capital return to fund the purchase. Oh, interesting. Yes. Interesting. Speaking about transactions, which demographic is really powering property transactions in Singapore? I mean, is it the first-time buyer? Is it uh, older buyers? In terms of demographics, what can you see? Now, this is the part that I find it most interesting because this time round, what we are seeing is not one generation of buyers. is a combination of generations. Mm. So what do I mean? What we are seeing is to, to, to answer it shortly, it's actually the gen uh, baby boomers and gen a bit of the gen X. So the baby boomers over time have accumulated a lot of assets over time. And what happened is there's this transfer of wealth to them, their children. Mm-hmm. And that's what we are seeing today. So if we go to a new launch, right, we're going to see the buyers. Yeah. Usually what we are seeing is like, uh, in the past, it's like maybe the couple looking at the house, maybe bring their kids. Now it's different. Now you see a couple bring Mom another and older couple yep. <laughs> and then the older yes. couple is the one that signed the check. Oh, for the down interesting. So that's uh, all those factors coming in. People always wonder, you know, are, are Chinese buyers powering the market, investors from China? And I understand that overall transactional volumes among foreigners have decreased. That's what we saw in 2023. But among this group of foreigners buying into Singapore, who's leading the transactions? Where are they coming from? There are usually four countries, okay, that, that, that always lead in terms by nationality. Uh, Chinese, Malaysians, Indonesians, and Indians. Now, the interesting part is, if you look at Chinese buyers, they are still dominating. 
just based on nationality. Now, if we break down by whether they are PRs or non-PRs, that's where things are interesting because we realize that in terms of non-PRs, none of these four countries are the leading. Hmm. They are actually people, buyers from USA. Interesting. Must be something to do with the taxes. Yes. So because of the free trade agreement, Mm -hmm. they don't need to pay. Now, there are, of course, a lot of reasons why, you know, well, are they really Americans? Americans, are we seeing you know, more Americans around <laughs> us? Um, the thing is, actually, what we are looking at is actually a very small increase also. I mean, it, to be honest, they, it's, they are never a major player in the market. Okay. They're, right. you know, on average, you see about maybe 20 or 30 purchases from Americans. But Pretty that's small. about it. Pretty small. Yeah. All right, let's turn to the market that gets a lot of attention. If you've just joined us, this is Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin in conversation with one of my favorite people to speak with when it comes to property. He's Dr. Lee Nigia, Head of Real Estate Intelligence, Data and Software Solutions at the Property Guru Group. Let's look at the HDB market. What do the HDB resale prices for 2023's transactions suggest about what kind of flats buyers are looking for? There are a few characteristics that we can break down. First, it must be relatively large. Over a thousand square feet. Over a thousand square feet. Generally, what we are seeing is that people are upgrading away from to, to five-room HDB flats. Mm. Now, why I say with inverted commas, because some of these buyers are actually from private residential sector. But they are upgrading in the sense that there are more floor area. So they could be like, you know, uh, staying in a two-bedroom unit that is 700 plus square feet and then, or 800 square feet and then they move to HDB flat, which is larger. Are you seeing that? Hmm? Yeah. Private so we are, size. So yes, exactly. And, but because of the government regulations, Mm-mm. so towards, there's an there's a interim break. 15 months, right? After you sell your private property before you can buy HDB. Yes. Mm. And what they receive is those people, especially upgraders, that was thinking of buying a resale condo, they realized that maybe a HDB flat makes more sense. Mm. And that is why we see larger floor area flats. Usually that is one. The second thing is schools, primary schools. Um, and not any primary schools. It must have the good ones. The good ones. All Although that. all schools are good schools. School yeah. just started yesterday. Yeah. So must mention that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I should say those that are established. Okay. Uh, yeah. With a longer heritage or a longer tradition. Are, are those fairly spread out across Singapore in terms of districts? They are. They are. But there are certain locations that somehow. You know, they are just very near within that one kilometer. And parents being parents, they try to provide the best for their children. Remind me where those are again in the HDB map. So if you think about, so we are talking about reserve residences, that area, right? Then you have the Peihua Presbyterian one. Then you have the Cedar Primary School, which is the Serangoon one. Okay, so it is pretty spread out. It's very spread out. So west is north. Usually, I would say that um, on average, yeah, it's pretty spread out. Um, but the interesting part is how the school move. The one thing is people never expect the school to move. Yeah. So last time, my colleague actually did a study. When the school moved, 
the prices actually drop. Move as well. <laughs> yes, it moved too. <laughs> so, so one of the key challenges is that while you buy, knowing that it's near to the school, you pay a premium, don't expect that premium to always be there because you never know. Important insights. Let's talk about HDB resale prices and million dollar flats. So the number of million dollar flat transactions remain high in uh, Q4 of 2023. They broke 2022's records. $464 million flats were transacted last year based on HDB transaction data. Uh, In Q4 alone, $128 million flats were sold compared to 128 uh, in Q3, 92 in Q2. Will we see HDB million dollar flats continue to be a feature or will we see fewer million dollar flats in line with what you started with saying you're seeing prices plateau for this year? No. Unfortunately, I think it's going to be the norm in the future. So, of course, the numbers probably will stabilize at some point in time. But my view or the way I look at the numbers is it's going to be the norm. And we may see it going to be a feature, a significant feature of the market. And why is that so? If you look at the current price points, right, it kind of lies in a very sweet spot. This one million plus Flats. If you look at those at you know Duxons at Pinnacle, yeah. where can you find a similar size apartment at that price mm. uh, in the private sector? There's none. And to be honest, the Pinnacle at Duxons it looks re- pretty good, right? Great uh, location yeah. too. Yeah. So 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 if you look at that, uh, and how buyers are self-rationalizing, we 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 realize that buyers are no no longer. Uh, you know, just going for condominiums because of brand. They also need the space. They realize that, you know, now we have hybrid working arrangements. You don't want to be trapped with your kids doing home-based learning. So there's all this tension in it. So space becomes very critical. But then if they were to pay two to three million, um, then they would think about it like, can sustainability yeah weighing down it, your yeah yeah so maybe you buy a HDB flat even though it's 1.2 1.3 million it still makes sense mm. so so I think that is where it's going to be and of course uh, one of the things is I must also give credit to our government for building such high quality flats and then you have all those locations but I think what happens is subsequently when we have the prime and the plus flats coming out that may slow down the price appreciation. So even though it will hit, you know, more one million flats, mm-hmm. but I think the pace of the price growth is going to slow down a lot. Okay. Uh, before I let you go, Dr. Lee, what, what seems to be relatively underpriced areas when we think about property in Singapore from, from what you've digested of the statistics last year? Yeah, this is the fun part, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so when, when, when I see underpriced, there's always the two, two things that comes to my mind. It's always inaccessible and always uh, places that have yet to fully develop to their potential. So I would usually go to the second point, places that have not yet fully to their potential. And there's a few areas. I think the first was... The first one is actually Woodlands area. It's a very interesting area. But 
I think now with all the RTS, you know, news mm. coming out, yeah. um, the prices will probably appreciate as we speak, and after today, probably. probably. Uh, so, so that area uh, generally has not have seen supply for a very long time. New condos, we don't, didn't see it. So with the new lines coming in, there's also the cross island line coming in. So that one will be something very interesting. The other place that we are seeing a lot of complaints recently is the Tenga area, right? We see that people saying that, you know, the infrastructure may not be fully ready yet. You know, there are some moving in uh, issues. But these flats, I think in the future has a very long runway in terms of price appreciation. The current price there is actually quite affordable. Why do you think there's a runway for appreciation at Tenga? If you look at how our industry is evolving in the future, mm. at least for the manufacturing, what we are going through is um, the manufacturing industry 4.0 or maybe in the future will be 5.0 where a lot of them will be tech-driven. You probably don't see people in the factory, but you know engineers, a few engineers maintaining the machines, machines talking to machines. Mm. So what happened is you, we will be looking at a different type of catchment of bias into this area. The type of dirty industries, that will be gone. Thing of the past, yeah. yeah. So the price there, you know, currently has not priced into this, all these things. Macro movements, yeah. big seams. Love it. Well, this has been such an insightful show. Thank you very much for joining me. Dr. Lee Nigia is Head of Real Estate Intelligence, Data and Software Solutions at the Property Guru Group. Thank you for digesting URA um, flash estimates and HDB flash estimates for Q4 of last year with me. Thank you. I can't wait to speak with you again. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.